Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Johnny Ken Show, John Cobell, Ken Shampo, KFI, AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome, everybody. It's a quick reminder that uh, just in a few days, the Moist Line returns to the Johnny Ken Show, one 877 664-7886. All right. We're going to talk with Stephen Shork now. Stephen Shork is the co-founder and principal of the Shork Report, which is a daily subscription newsletter on uh, energy and the financial markets. Uh, ShorkReport.com. And you spell that S-C-H-O-R-K report. S-C-H-O-R-K report.com. And let's uh, get him on here because uh, there's a million things going on. Stephen, Welcome. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you. Uh, can you explain, you know, to, to the average person listening, uh, something happens in the morning related to this Ukrainian war, and it seems by time they're driving home from work, gas prices have shot up considerably. Why does it happen so fast? Because the gas that they're pumping this afternoon, well, that was taken out of the ground months ago. Uh, that's right. Uh, and it's an economic phenomenon that the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis uh, detailed called rockets and feathers. So what we, what we tend to see here in a situation like this where there is significant supply scarcity uh, and we are getting uh, $10, $15, $20 per barrel spikes in the price of crude oil. So those prices are rocketing and the retail prices are going to rocket as well in anticipation. While it is true that the gasoline in tank uh, was purchased with crude oil prices lower, once that gasoline runs out, you're going to have to replenish it now with gasoline that is much more expensive. So that's the rockets phase of it. Uh, the feathers is that when prices do, crude oil prices do pull back, you tend to get uh, a soft, like feathers floating to the ground, a slower reaction uh, from retailers because they're losing money in this high-priced environment, and they, they will make it back. Uh, by lingering, feathering uh, those price increases into the future. That will be determined by, by competition. Uh, if there's another station across the street that's lowering prices, you have to compete. But essentially, it is the fact that 
We are in unprecedented, uncharted waters right here. Oil prices are jumping $10, $20 a barrel, and that is having an immediate effect on wholesale prices, uh, prices that are, are priced tomorrow. Those physical prices are jumping, and the retailer is looking at their supply and knowing where they have to replenish it. So they need to raise their price so they can go ahead and buy it from the refinery. So we're paying for the replacement cost of the gas we're putting into our tank. Uh, effectively, yes. And then, uh, and then there will be that lag. That, that's a, that's a, an apt way of describing it. You uh, say that the climate change policies that Biden has pushed uh, are responsible, I guess, in part uh, for this situation. Talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. The green agenda is a zero-sum game with the way it's being pursued. And as we just saw in Germany, where natural gas prices are trading above the equivalent of $400 crude oil, the Germans have made an about-face and realized they have to embrace fossil fuels, natural gas, to an extent, in addition to renewables. Here in the United States, uh, we've, we've gone whole hog, and we've violated uh, the primary tenet of economics, and that is capital goes where it is welcomed and stays where it is well-treated. And when we see the administration and the rhetoric and their actions their first week in office, when we look at the way ESG has invaded the corporate boards of the major oil and gas companies, CapEx is not being put towards fossil fuels. The focus is on decarbonization. So we've underinvested and we are continue to underinvest, and it's that signal to the market where we're simply not bringing the supply to the market, into an environment, into a government that is hostile to the industry as a whole. You talked. You said something about ESG. Explain what that is. Yeah, absolutely. That is the environmental movement, uh, the Wall Street movement to uh, go ahead and invest wisely, i.e. Uh, divest from uh, traditional oil and ga gas production and move it more towards renewables. I am certainly uh, pro-renewable. Uh, solar power in your neck of the woods in Southern California works extremely well. Solar power in my neck of the woods, Philadelphia, not so good. So you do need to see a balance, but the ESG has pushed it all one way. Again, uh, zero sum, and we are all now paying uh, that price for a lack of investment into the uh, BTUs uh, that work 24 hours a day. The sun only shines a half the day. The wind only blows a certain part of the day. Natural gas can burn every single minute of the day. Well, that's very logical, but how come the crowd that's so big on climate change and we've got to move to all renewables doesn't seem to get that? Yeah, they, the problem here is that too much of a good thing. So we're actually going to see coal use around the globe increase. U.S. coal production, U.S. coal exports are, will rise and are expected to rise over the next two years. Emissions of CO2 are, after a decade of declines, CO2 emissions are now rising because we forced the hand, we, we, whereas the renewables cannot do it by themselves, and you don't have enough of your traditional fossil fuels going on. So you, there is a race pushing prior, uh, prices higher and getting more of the dirty stuff into the market than was intended. So it is the law of unintended consequences where we've declared war, we've created scarcity, and now prices are sky high. Can we, I mean, years ago, it was the Middle East that was holding the world hostage with the oil supply. Now, the Russians, is that a surprise? 
Well, well it's a, no, it's not a surprise because we created a situation. In 2019, crude oil production in the United States, and this is the year before COVID, peaked at an all-time high of 12.5 million barrels a day. Now, that production was taking a good deal of that production was taken offline during COVID as, as demand cratered and as oil prices went from $50 a barrel to minus $40 a barrel. Uh, but, we're, but prior to that, in 2019, the United States was, was the power. They, they, they were the swing producer. Uh, at one point, production peaked at over 13 million barrels a day. We were the largest crude oil producer in the world. We were a net exporter uh, uh, two out of every three weeks to the point where every barrel we imported, we exported 2.2 million barrels. What's happened since? We've given away this comparative advantage. United States industry, steel mills, smelters, factories benefited from unparalleled comparative advantage with access to the cheapest energy in the world. We've given that all away at this point. So now, today, the United States is a net importer four out of every five day, uh, weeks, and for every one barrel we export, we're importing 7.7 barrels. So we've completely given away our advantage, and we've given it back to OPEC. We've given it back to Russia. We created the situation we are currently in. All right, can you hold on for a couple more questions? Yeah, absolutely. All right, this is Stephen Shork. He's the co-founder and principal of The Shork Report. It's a daily subscription newsletter on the energy, cash, and financial markets. And what we can talk about next is when is this going to hit the economy? these uh, escalating gas prices when are people going to start putting off spending money on other things and it's going to affect the overall economy and in what way will that happen more coming up john and ken kfi john and ken show john comel and ken shampoo kfi am 640 live everywhere in the iheart radio app we continue with Stephen shark he's got a newsletter uh that you can subscribe to the shorkreport.com that's spelled s-c-h-o-r-k shork report he's the co-founder and principal of the shork report and he uh, writes about energy and financial markets and we continue talking to him about the uh, incredible gas price increase and in the price of oil um how is this going to reverberate through our economy because uh, yeah. energy is the center of everything yeah, it's a mess uh, right now. Uh, 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 gasoline prices, excuse me, uh, peaked today at an all-time high of $4.20. Uh, this is even before we get over to the rollover to uh, summer-grade gasoline, which will add another $0.30 cents, uh, to the price. So now we're talking $4.50. And as I stated before, 16% probability we could get to $150 a barrel. So now that brings us to a national average <clears throat> excuse me, of $5.05 to $5.20. Well, out is, here, that's going to mean yeah. over 7 yeah. bucks. Oh, easily, e easily, because this is, a, this is a, nas um, a national average. And so what's important about that 5.20 is it's going to match the all-time record high real price of gasoline, which was achieved in the summer of 2008. Now, when we adjust for inflation, $5.20 will be at an all-time high. And of course, in 2008, while yes, the housing crisis was the start of the recession, we have to keep in mind that summer, 
oil prices hit $150 a barrel, and we know what happened. And in fact, every recession, beginning with the Arab oil embargo in 1974, the six recessions that have occurred have all been preceded by a significant rise in energy costs, and we're there right now. So the only difference a little bit is that in 2008 and before, we knew that the pressure point, the inflection point for demand destruction was around $3.60 to $3.80. That vulnerability is not quite there. The elasticities have changed because we have substitutes in the market, uh, EVs, of course, in hybrids, but still at $5 a gallon, I don't care, even for hybrids, that's going to cause a significant amount of pain. Uh, for the consumer, as every dollar go, that goes to gasoline is a dollar that doesn't get spent elsewhere in the consumer con- uh, uh, economy, keeping in mind that consumer spending is 70%, 7-0 of the U.S. economy. So, so we, we are playing on fire, and at this point, at these prices, it's hard to see how, uh, how we can avoid a recession. Well, the, the, price, uh, of the every, price of everything will go up because of transportation costs that's going up and let's keep in mind you know people i'm sure people you know a lot of people don't realize this our war on natural gas is a war on food production natural gas is the key blend stock the key feedstock in the production of ammonia nitrate fertilizer which increases the yield of crop yields we're already getting reports here in the united states that the yields are are are, are miserable because the cost to the farmers so high because fertilizer prices because of the war on natural gas fertilizer prices are through the roof making it that harder to get seeds into the ground so that is also going to feed so we are looking at significant inflation to continue both from an energy perspective at the gas pump and at the grocery counter. And I've read that there are 6,000 products that contain petrochemical variations in there as their ingredients. 6,000. Yeah, yeah, we have to keep in mind, I mean, a barrel of crude oil is just a jumble of hydrocarbons that get refined, that get distilled. You know, a refinery is a big tea kettle, and you boil the crude oil, and you siphon off all these hydrocarbons that go into the petrochemical industry, that go into the fertilizer industry, that go into construction, that go into steel process, and a myriad of other events. So a war on energy is a war on the U.S. or on energy anyone's economy now how much is this going to break putin uh it's a game of it's a game of chicken uh at at this point uh certainly what what we saw today uh with the ban a u.s ban and i believe the uk is joining that ban on on russian uh, imports and of course putin followed up with said okay you want to ban my stuff huh i'm not going to sell it to you Anyway, um, that, that's certainly going to be a, a driver here, uh, and it certainly is going to hurt him. But let's keep in mind, over the last year, United States dependence on Russian oil, Russian crude oil, and Russian petroleum products jumped 24% to a all-time high of nearly one quarter of a billion barrels. So Putin has a quarter billion barrels of petrodollars that have flown in uh, to his war chest over the past year, which is helping to fuel his little adventure here in Ukraine. So it's who, who cries uncle first? Uh, will, will Putin cry or will the, will, will the West will? Given that the West can always print itself with its fiat currency out of its doldrums, our money's on the West. They'll be able to wait Putin out. Do you think Biden will do anything about this? I mean, now he's talking about going to Venezuela or Iran for supply. 
Will he do anything that will more directly uh, impact American consumers? Look, I, I did not think Biden in his foreign policy could be any worse than what we saw with the Afghan withdrawal debacle. Now, that was worse because the blood of 13 Marines is on his hands due to his ineptness and his lack of forethought. Second to that foreign policy blunder is now this foreign policy blunder. Blunder. The United States would rather talk to terrorists than Texans. So we're negotiating with Iran, a country that the U.S. State Department has listed as an official state-sponsored terrorism since 1984, and now we're going down to Venezuela. So we keep on hearing, oh, they're talking to Iran, they're talking to Venezuela. In the President's State of the Union address, it was 7,000 words. It was one hour long. He did not mention domestic crude oil production once. So he has yet to talk to his own uh, industry. And in fact, in his speech today, uh, he did mention uh, the oil and gas industry, but it was only to scold them and, and tell them, you know what, guys, because of Putin, you better not profiteer. You better not wrap up courses. So he's already planting that seed that big oil is some nefarious um, uh, monster out there that is going to you know, jack up prices when clearly the price is only going up based on the economics. And he's setting the table. If oil prices are not lower by the November midterms, he's setting the table to scapegoat their favorite target, and that is big oil, simply because we'd rather talk to terrorists than we uh, than Texans at this point. Yeah, Stephen, today he mentioned 9,000 leases have been approved by the feds for federal land drilling, and they're just sitting there. What's your response to that? It's a specious argument. Uh, yes, there are leases, but we don't know what kind of acreage uh, there is. We don't even know uh, on those leases if there's oil and gas. That oil and gas has to be explored. You have to put a pipe in the ground. Have you looked at the price of steel tube uh, and steel? Last year, at the wholesale level, it had, to, it had the sharpest rise in cost Ever. So the steel, it's concrete, it is labor, uh, and those costs are rising. So, yes, those leases are there, but it, it's going to cost a tremendous amount in the price of commodities uh, inflation and labor inflation to get that, that oil out of the ground. So, yes, it's there, but every time you try and explore a lease, guess what? You get a court order from the ESG that's going to block you. So, yeah, the leases are there, but we're talking about because of the legal ramifications of the ability of the green movement to sue and delay this, those leases, even if we went full bore, we wouldn't see that oil on the market for years. Well, is there finally, one, before you go, is there one thing Biden can do uh, that would, uh, would have some kind of real effect yeah, on the price? oil production in the U.S., <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Talk, talk, you know, have have a meeting of the minds. Bring in the CEOs of Chevron, of uh, BP, of Shell. Have have a, a an optic there, uh, and then that you are talking to the industry and you are encouraging them. Throw them an olive branch. Stop doing all this. Oh, the cure for, for for this predicament is to invest in renewables. No, the cure for this is to get more U.S. production to the market. And the best thing he could do is talk to the market and let that be known publicly. And he is reticent to do that. And I tell you what, he has given oil traders no reason to sell. He is an oil bull's best friend at this point. All right. Thank you very much, Stephen Schwark, for coming on with us. All right. It's great to be here. Thank you. Uh, he's the co-founder and principal of the Shork Report. It's spelled S-C-H-O-R-K, a daily subscription newsletter on the energy, cash, and financial markets. I so want to get into the Michael Schellenberger stuff, too. Yes. About the Russians uh, 
some uh, Russians paying for the climate activists that have pushed oh, that's a good all this nonsense policies in Europe and here in the U.S. John and Ken, KFI. John and Ken Show. John Cobelt and Ken Shampoo. It's KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. All right, coming up after uh, 5 o'clock, uh, just for laughs, we'll play a little uh, Newsome Lingo Bingo. He's supposed to make a State of the State speech. We're not going to carry it, but we will jump in every now and then to see if we can't find a buzzword, a yes. tired phrase, and yeah. mark our cards. Yeah, in fact... Uh, or maybe take a drink. Eric, if you can get a little bell, so anytime a buzzword comes up, we can uh, ring it. Yeah, uh, we'll so. just jump in for a minute or so. I'm sure something will happen in oh, a yeah. minute that uh, one of his favorites will pop up. I bet you he can't go a minute without saying something... Uh, uh, from his using t- one of, tech jargon, his tech handbook. jargon cliches, yeah. Um, so we had Michael Sh- uh, Schellenberger on uh, uh, t- uh, twice in the last few weeks, and he has written really a landmark book on the homeless industry and the corruption and the ineptitude here in California. It's called San Francisco, and if you're going to buy one book, uh, buy that one. Although you'll end up throwing it across the room or throwing your iPad across <laughs> yeah. the room a few times. Well, you need uh, to know this stuff, though. Yeah. Um, he uh, See, the, what's fascinating about him is he started out in progressive circles, mainly as an environmentalist, and then he started investigating homelessness. And he has come to some harsh conclusions about the <laughs> insanity of his own side. Uh, and, and that's what makes him really interesting, because he's made a lot of enemies of his former friends, and today he has his own um, website. It's called michaelschellenberger.substack.com. Substack is a place where independent journalists go to right now, and you subscribe, you pay $5 a month, and then they produce a certain number of articles. So it's michaelschellenberger.substack.com. It, all the stuff he writes is good. But today, because Elon Musk uh, opened the day by saying, we've got to get back to nuclear energy. And, uh, you know, the predictable crowd is yelling boo. Well, <laughs> and Elon Musk offered to go to go. Did you see that? Yes. quote That he would go to a place where there's nuclear power plants and he would eat the crops that are grown. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he would expose himself. Exactly. Because he's, he's that certain that it's safe. Uh, and, and Bill Gates feels the same way. Bill Gates was, was pushing uh, hard to try to get uh, China to build a new version of a small nuclear reactor to test the concept that uh, Gates had uh, his associates develop. Well, what Schellenberger writes is many people are surprised to learn that Europe produced more natural gas than Russia 15 years ago. And then two things happened. First, Russia built nuclear plants so it could export its natural natural gas abroad rather than use it at home. And secondly, Europe reduced its natural gas production, including from fracking, under pressure from climate activists. It now turns out that some of those anti-fracking activists were funded by Putin. Ah. This is Putin going into foreign countries and creating havoc. And it works. He did that here in America to a limited extent by having his Russian trolls post a lot of incendiary stuff on Facebook uh, uh, against Hillary Clinton, for Trump, a lot of stuff on the racial debates in 2020 and in 2016. Um, the head of NATO, Hillary Clinton, and a French professor, it's an unlikely trio, have all documented the funding from Russia for anti-fracking activism in Europe. Going back to 2014, NATO's Secretary General, 
revealed that Russia was funding climate activists, engaged actively with uh, these non-governmental organizations. They were working against shale gas to maintain dependence on imported natural gas, but nobody listened. Um, He says the mainstream news media failed miserably to properly cover the story. The vast majority of journalists who covered climate change over the last decade behaved as unabashed cheerleaders for Greta Thunberg and renewables. And they were harsh skeptics of gas and nuclear. Now, as we collectively face global economic recession, blackouts, and food shortages because of high oil prices, now people might be coming around to nuclear. And he he starts quoting Musk. Um, And this was the, the secret... Agenda that the media ignores. They they never look to see who's funding radical policies. Like George Gascon, funded by the billionaire George Soros. And and uh, 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 the, the, the Russians had been meddling around in American politics for quite some time. Uh, when, when uh, just on a local level, when you had the uh, local fast food workers on strike because they wanted a certain minimum wage, $15 an hour, well, when you talk to the protesters, virtually none of them were fast food workers. They were outside people that the unions hired. The people you see protesting are either— Well, they're fa- often union people. That's what I've heard. Right, but they weren't fast food workers. They're not, no, because well, fast food workers aren't unionized. So they right. were union people that wanted them to be unionized but to be part of the big union. Often these public demonstrations or these public activism crusades— Yeah, they're actors. Yeah, right. they're actors, or they're funded by— Nefarious sources like the Russian government. And they were very effective because climate activism completely derailed the German energy policy. No more fracking, no more coal. They're shutting down nuclear reactors. They're heavily dependent on natural gas. And who sells them half the natural gas? It's Russia. And now Russia's threatening to cut off Germany's natural gas. Yeah. You see, you see how that it works? The Nord Stream 1, the 2 was the one that got pulled. That was in the planning stage. But so, Nord Stream 1, apparently, Putin's saying, oh, yeah, how about no more natural gas from us? So who's begging on their knees here? It's Germany begging Russia. Germany wakes up every morning terrified that Russia is going to continue its Ukrainian war and its opposition to NATO and the U.S. and Europe by pulling their natural gas supply to Germany. And it's still wintertime there. And you could have hundreds of people dying, freezing to death. You never put yourself into a subservient position to an evil power like Russia. But Russia knew they would never make that convincing argument on the world in the world debate. So what they did is they had internal activists funded to try to shame the politicians. You're killing the planet. You're destroying the planet. Mother Earth is dying because of you. And it created this this public like seizure. I mean this this has become like a cult, a religion. Everyone is suddenly terrified that the earth is dying. I mean, you read polls where the younger generation is extremely stressed out over the idea that, that, the, that the planet is, is, will never recover from all the greenhouse gases. So that, it, it all worked. And you know what's really sad about that is that there are nations like those in Europe and states like us in California that want to do all we can to, quote, save the climate from climate change. But we have many large entities around the world, Russia, China, India, will say, all right, well, you don't want fossil fuels. We'll, we'll do it. And you're going to get the same net effect. 
because they're still going to pour the emissions into the atmosphere. Putin. This is a global problem, but we act like, oh, well, if we just do this, everybody will follow us. No, there are some countries that have decided, and some other states in the U.S., that, no, if you don't want to do the fossil fuel production, we will, because the country needs it. This is rush to cure the climate change problem. The, the, the alternative hasn't caught up yet. Yeah. I don't know that it will. Maybe uh, battery storage, things like that for solar. Putin and underst wind. understands our emotional weaknesses. Our, our emotional weaknesses are we, we get very embarrassed and ashamed about racism. We get very embarrassed and ashamed about what we do to the climate. And he exploits that against us and creates all kinds of mischief. Same thing with Europeans. Uh, just one more thing. Uh, Schellenberger has, has a book called Apocalypse Never. And he said he described at length in that book that energy and food should be abundant and cheap. They are what allows for our remarkable prosperity. When they aren't abundant and cheap, it's because somebody doesn't want them to be for financial, political, or ideological reasons. It took a crisis for people to realize all this. The economist Milton Friedman once wrote, only a crisis produces real change. When that crisis occurs, the actions that are taken depend on the ideas that are lying around. And so he says, our function is to develop alternatives to existing policies, keep them alive and available, alive and available until the politically impossible becomes the politically inevitable. And if we got gas prices, they're going to shoot beyond six, seven dollars to God Ten knows bucks. where, then you are going to see a dramatic shift even in California politics because it already happened in Germany and Germany was worse than California because the All people right. aren't going to stand for $10 a gallon gas. We got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI. John and Ken Show, John Cobell and Ken Shampoo, KFI, AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, we got the voice line coming back in three days. We'll be doing the 5 o'clock hour. You want to be uh, possibly included, you have to leave a message at 1-877-MOIST-86, 1-877-664-7886. Right, so I found the longer story on Elon Musk, the Tesla CEO. He put out a tweet. It's extremely obvious that Europe should restart dormant nuclear power plants and boost the output of those that are operational. Until, uh, and he also added to that, for those who think that there is a radiation risk, pick what you think is the worst location. I will travel there and eat locally grown food on TV. He says he did the same thing after the Fukushima disaster in 2011. Remember the Japanese nuclear power plant? Oh, after the tsunami. Had a meltdown, right, after the big tsunami and the earthquake and all that stuff. Uh, he did go to Fukushima in July 2011. It started according grazing? According to a press release. Well, uh, it was reported in a local Japanese media outlet. However, no one was able to independently verify whether or not he went on TV and ate locally grown food. But he did go there. He did go there. Yes. <laughs> Now, there have been two major nuclear plant disasters in history. Chernobyl, of course, and the former Soviet Union in 1986, which we've learned is in Ukraine, and the Soviets or the Russians have control of it, and at Fukushima in 2011. Now, in Chernobyl, children and emergency and recovery workers are at increased risk of negative health effects caused by radiation, but the vast majority of the population need not live in fear of serious health consequences and that was from a United Nations assessment of the disaster that was released just last year. And another UN study released last year said it found no adverse health effects among Fukushima residents directly related to radiation exposure from the accident.
Well, yeah. So, you know, we're living with the boogeyman here. Well, I've been looking up a lot about uh, radiation because I've been thinking about, well, what if... Oh, we're going to get bombed. What if, yeah, what if a missile hits, let's say, downtown L.A., right? No, he'll and, go for the west side. You're first. He wants to get the rich people. I, I heard he hates the beach cities. <laughs> but, but within within I'll run in the water. I'll escape within uh, yeah within two weeks. Um, you know, ninety nine percent of the radiation is settled. Right. Um, you know, if 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 you don't get hit with the direct strike because everything and everybody gets immediately incinerated with the direct strike. And hopefully we'll have 15 to 30 minutes of warning that a missile comes. And then the advice is go in a basement underground if you can or in a, 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 a center room in the center of a building where there are no windows. And um, then you just you have to stay there, especially for the first 24 hours. <laughs> I was going to say how long do you have to stay there? <laughs> Well, it could be uh, months, years. It's not a bad idea to to order, uh, you know, freeze-dried food. Yeah, to in have cases of water. Right. You know, and then have a place in your basement where you can go and hide. I'm serious. I wonder how many really, really, really wealthy people already have this all set up. I've been doing that this week. What are you doing? I bought a month's supply of food for each one of us in the house. I bought... You? Did, t- you? This is mm-hmm. a Deborah Mark thing. Oh, I told her about it. No, but I mean, it sounds like you're in a different body right now. This no, sounds like I, her panicky kind of... Uh, Putin, I, you know, I hope I look back on this as being panicked. Well, where are you going right? to go? Even if you got your food, well, where no, do you think I've, you're I've going? Got, there's, a, there's a room in the basement that oh, with has... no windows. And it's it's reinforced on two sides by concrete, and on the other side is dirt, right? So yeah. in the basement. And then um, you can seal off... There's no windows in that room, but you could seal off the windows in the adjoining room with... Um, plastic sheeting, duct tape, um, and then you order food. You know, there are websites, uh, you know, uh, survival websites, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. You get you get tubs of freeze-dried food. You just add water um, and uh, lot, lots of bottled water. And then you get all your sanitary uh, needs taken care of, you know, the shampoo, the soap, things like that. You got Blankets, a bathroom towels. in there? Well, it's nearby. It's not in the room. But what they tell you to do is is order a lot of plastic garbage bags. <laughs> the poop and pee? And poop and poop in the bag. And oh. But, you, you know, it's fascinating, actually. I really I'm got into reading about to this. death. I don't think I want to even bother. Well, he... I mean, you ever come out of there? What's going to be left anyway? Insanity. Psychotic behavior scares me. That's my weak point. Psychotic behavior. And watching this, with watching Putin... I find absolutely frightening, more so than anything else. Like, I, I wasn't afraid of COVID. You know, I'm not afraid of earthquakes or, or tsunamis or any of the stuff that Deborah's afraid of. But this guy, because I think he's he's capable of anything. Well, we'll get to that next hour because uh, it's interesting. We're, a number of military experts are analyzing Putin. Some are speaking about the nuclear option. But there's one we got to read who says he could not do this alone. And he may be prevented from actually launching, but we'll get into that. We'll also check in on Dippity Doo is giving a state of the state speech. I'm sure it'll be scintillating. We're only going to check in every now and then so we can play Newsom Lingo Bingo <laughs> with his dopey expressions and use of words. We'll see if we find any in there as All we right. take some excerpts. Well, I've got, I guess I got page two. You should have a different page than me. 
Yeah, I, I have all the pages, but they're often the same ones just mixed around the board. Right. Well, I mean, that's the way it is with real bingo. It too. is with real bingo. Right? All right. So, um, John and Ken show. Mark Ronner has the news. KFI AM 640. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.